Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio. Business. Wow, that was interesting. (laughs) Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I don't think I've ever said it like that. That was great. And I think I probably have 200 shows under my belt. Joseph, welcome to the studio. It's a first. Thanks for having me. It is a first. We just established that. It's a first. For our listening and viewing audience, this is my buddy, Joseph Scarpignato. And he is the broker, owner, and realtor at Phoenician Properties Realty, LLC. And I thought you'd been on with us before. (laughs) I literally had to pull up proof. Shout out to Alicia Horn with uh, True Mortgage, who connected us. It's been several years ago. It's a long time. Before the pandemic and when I was in my first studio. So that's been almost six years. Six, Yeah, easy. And yet, this is the first guest experience. First time, yeah. I'm excited about our conversation today and hearing about what's hot, what's going on in the real estate industry, the trends, what should we be watching for, how you show up on behalf of your clients. You've been doing this a long time. Really long time. Yes, like 20 plus years. Yes. So, so tell us about yourself and uh, really your real estate journey. We got, we got all day. Well, hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, pride myself on my biggest things in my life is my family. So. I don't like to start out just about, you know, what I do for a living, but uh, my family is so important to me and it means everything to me. So, uh, in fact, my bio usually starts out saying that I'm a father, a husband, and a a son and a brother. So, it's one of those things that uh, without that, everything else seems to kind of fall back to Mm -hmm. me. So, I realized and discovered a long time ago that not one thing defines me. There's a lot of things that uh, develop into an individual and there's the goods and bads and you just... Don't focus on the bads. Try and focus on the goods and move forward. So that's it. Um, as far as real estate, got involved, oh boy, about almost 30 years ago uh, in town here. Been local. Been enjoying it. It's, uh, I've seen it uh, go up and down several times in the market, um, you know, from SNL problems to the problems we had back in 08. And then, you know, our, our current events today where we're seeing interest rates higher and low inventory and there's a lot going on. A very confusing market today. So... Much different than a lot of other ones, but there's a lot of opinions and there's a lot of advice and, you know, you're just going to have to go with your gut. So it's one of those things where it's, yeah. it's, a, little, it's a, little, a little, you know, tenacious there. So Mostly residential for you? Yes. I do some commercial for my clients, but been doing residential almost my entire career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both sides, selling yes. and, and helping yep. with the purchase. Listing houses, helping people buy houses, yeah. Yeah. Help us understand the comparison between what we've been going through recently and 0708. Sure. I mean, it's a confusing time. Yeah. Well, I I mean, people consistently talk about the bubble uh, that we talk about in the real estate market where the bubble opened up and then 0708 where the loans got cut off because there were, uh, there was a lot of bad lending, uh, not bad loan officers, but bad institutional lending ideas of there's no responsibility for loans. It was basically show up, sign your name, and you got a house and, and or multiple houses. So it was a yeah. lot of people buying whatever, and um, th- these were not well-backed loans and turned into a mess. So we, we lived through that and started coming out of it in 11. And recently where we're at is because of inflation, the feds have raised the rates drastically, and it kind of falls on the tailwinds of COVID where we kept the rates down to keep the market going. So depends on whatever ideals you want, but the reality is today, you know, I think we're in the low sixes, which is pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been in buying houses for years, people go, well, that's not really that bad. 
No, but the houses that you, when you bought it at six was probably half the cost it is today. So it's a lot harder for that individual to live in that same lifestyle. So rates uh, eventually, when we do hit the recession, they call it, uh, they will start coming down. That's mm -hmm. the Fed's little trick that they do. And, you know, depending on what kind of economics you are, uh, what news show you listen to, they go up, they go down, but constantly people still need to live somewhere, have homes, have a place to live. Uh, people still use real estate as an investment. It's a very strong investment. Even in a down market, it seems to hold well. Even though this year they talk about the market cooling, we're still at an incredibly low inventory. Our inventory is at, as some of the lowest I've ever seen. Really? Uh, so there's a very shortage of housing. And with, what is it, a new person every six minutes, Maricopa County, I think the new statistics are that are, that are moving here. People got to have somewhere to stay. And although there, if you look on every corner, they're building commercial high-rise apartments, luxury as much as they possibly can. To, <laughs> right. They're trying to fill that that space. Yeah. Eventually, people didn't want a place to live. They want to own a home. They want to raise their family. They want to grow roots. And they want to return on their investment because a home is a forced savings plan, we say. You know, literally, it's going to go up eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've seen periods like, you know, 07 where it went down for a little while. But everybody that stayed long-term, it's gone back up. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's kind of the nutshell on where the market is. But the inventory is so low because of that. People cannot afford to go buy the next house because they're currently at 3% or 2.5% interest they took advantage of in the marketplace. And if they go look at a house that's maybe even 200000 more, they've got to sell the one they got and get a new loan for the larger amount, and that puts them out of the market. So they're holding, and they're not putting their houses in the market. So there's no move-up buyer. So builders were building as fast as they could, but they didn't build for several years because the inventory, the market was bad. So that's behind. So we don't have enough home building going up. So that's uh, kind of a, all the unhappy parts about the market. The good news is it's an incredible time to buy because you're not fighting with people like we did before. People were, a year ago, I was putting in multiple offers on properties. Mm -hmm. I'd put a house on the market. And sometimes I'm looking at 25 offers on it in one day. And I have to go through it all and sort it out to help people out and protect my clients. And it became very, you know, discouraging for a lot of buyers to try and buy a house. And now there's opportunities because the houses are sitting there and they're available. They're taking longer to sell. We're currently at about a two-and-a-half-month inventory in the marketplace. So, which tells what that, what that means is if you have a house on the market today, it might take up to two-and-a-half two months mm -hmm. to sell. Even though the inventory is low, it's because of the situation with the rates and people yeah. aren't able to make that shift. But exactly. It's it's just literally you're making a shift from 3% to a 6.5% yeah. interest rate. And even though you're like, well, you know, I can, you know, it's just, it's a big, it's a big difference. And then the concern is also, well, interest rates go down, right? More people can afford to buy a house, which means that puts more people in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Interest rates higher and the higher cost of medium cost housing in, in the Phoenix metro market, that puts a lot of first-time low-end buyers out of the marketplace. Mm -hmm. You ask any lender, including Alicia, how hard it is for these for they, they go in, they get qualified, they talk about it, and they go out and look at a house, and all of a sudden they, they get under contract, and she gets a call, what's my payment? Yeah. And they cancel. They're panicked because it went from maybe they're paying their rent at $1,500 a month, and now they've got a $2,800 mortgage. And they're like, it's a huge they're like, it's a huge jump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even for ownership, I'm just not prepared to do that. Exactly, and that's what happens right mm -hmm. now. So whether you, you know, whether you're waiting on the sidelines, you're looking at it, or you're in it, it's something that's going to take time to get through. Nothing new. And as a realtor, 
and I know obviously you've been doing this for a very long time, relationships are everything to you. I already know that. Yeah. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, when we first connected, really uh, a good portion of your business is referral. It's all referral. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I've, uh, I, you know, I've never been a whole buy lead effort, you know, type of person or yeah. ads. It's, uh, I literally take my time and spend my time with my clients. And hopefully I do a good job. So they refer me to other people and I get more business. So. And when they're ready, they come back. I know that. Yeah. I mean, I have yeah. people that I've known for 25 years that all of a sudden they'll go, hey, we're going to sell the house and we're going to downsize. Yeah. We're going to, my or my grandchild needs something. Unfortunately, I can say that. But, <laughs> right. Right. I would say my kid, but yeah, for, but, but for sure. It's right. already grandkids. Yeah. Where's but I, get, I mean, I've had away. a lot of kids, a lot of family members, uh, and then I deal a lot with uh, divorce, and I think we spoke about that before, yes. uh, and elder estates, which is one of those things where it's one of those topics that, you know, not everybody likes to talk about, but it's so it happens so often. The biggest One of the biggest reasons we see a transition in housing in every market is because, well, someone will die, mom or dad dies, or mom can't take care of the house anymore, or mom and dad can't live in the house anymore, and they need to go from that place to maybe assisted living or something or with a family member. And now you need to go in there and see what this has value is. And typically these homes are beautiful grandma's house, but it's still grandma's house and it hasn't changed since grandma moved in. I mean, my mom's house is the same way. My dad's too. And I asked mom, do you want a new kitchen or something? She's like, what's wrong with this one? I'm like, I, I got nothing. I mean, it's clean. Everything works. Everything's yes. the same identical way. It looks like it was sealed in a plastic box all this time. But yep. there's the reality. And people don't, new people come in and they don't want that. They want it all done. They want it all new, whether the new colors are, the, the remodeled, yeah. that's what people want. People don't want to come in and spend money after they buy a house anymore to do these things. Yeah, I sold my house right at the beginning of the pandemic. I'd been in it for 25 years. It was a divorce situation, and I think that's the last time we may, be, may have spoken by phone. Interestingly enough, my first ex-husband sold the house for us, and he's the one, in the, the <laughs> one that he, I, he and I bought it together. But he, and he came in, and he's like, and I had red and purple walls, and it was my home. Sure. <laughs> and a few things had been updated, but not much. And he's like, all right, you know, here's what we're going to need to do. We're going to need to make some changes. <laughs> we're right. going to uh, wipe the slate clean so that's all clean walls. People can come in, and they can visualize themselves here. Absolutely. And you got to get rid of a few of these things that are just not even popular anymore, like the, um, the built-in entertainment center and those things. So it was very helpful to have him. He's been in the industry, I think, as long as you have. And to have that partner, which is what you are, somebody who can help educate and have our best interest in mind is really what I hear you saying, and, and which is why people continue to come back to you and send their family and friends to you, because you care as much about the opportunity for us. And it's the, we talked about a death, of course, or downsizing for somebody who needs to go into senior living or a divorce situation. None of those are easy circumstances anyway, let alone throw in a sell or a purchase on top of that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of stressful events all at once, Incredibly right? Incredibly stressful. And, and lucky, you were fortunate you had someone that you trusted and cared about mm -hmm. you to say, okay, Karen, we got to change this. We've got to make this like, so you moved your house to the most vanilla possible yep. so that people, anybody could see, well, I could do this, I can do that. Does because, everybody understand that though? No. I mean, we get this all the time where I go into houses and it's so personalized that I have to have a conversation with the seller going, look, I understand these are all very important things to you, but we need to remove them all, put them in a box. Yep put them away and let people think about themselves in the house, not a hundred pictures of your family. And I understand that you love your family. You, that brings you happiness, but they got, they can't see them if they're looking at your pictures. 
And I used to make the joke, like, if I got a client that I'm going through a house and they're spending time looking at someone's photos on the walls of their family, they're visiting someone's house. They're not ever going to buy yeah. that house. So, you know, little things like that you have to kind of—but painting, taking out those old built-ins. I mean, they were, they were everywhere. We yeah. built those built-ins were put in everywhere. I mean, we make—you know, but uh, I think the, the key is that to get someone you trust— I make the joke in, in real estate is in this industry, you pay everybody about the same money. Everything's negotiable, but you can go and hire someone with a lot of experience that is good, or you hire someone that's brand new or a buddy or a friend or a cousin. And the problem is, is it's a big experience. It's a big stressful thing. It's a lot of money. And, and they're learning a lot on your dime. <laughs> they're learning on you and they don't always have the help they need. So do your research, find someone, take a, you know, there's a lot of great, you know, realtors out there, and there's just as many people that are in it for a few months, and this is a part-time job or something else. So you, you kind of have to do your research, just yeah. like you would on anything else. Yes. How popular are real estate licenses these days? I know for for a very long time, right? And many people were getting licensed. Oh yeah, is they still sti- are. Oh, absolutely. Is. This is how the Even schools stay this. in business. They mm-hmm. love this. Yeah, we're an easy, easy, easy thing. I mean, you literally can go to school in ten days. Mm-hmm. Get your real estate license. They call it the crash unless, course. Unless you're me when I got mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't. I mean, and here's the thing. Everybody yeah. has knows a realtor or has a, has a real estate license. Yes. I mean, we used to make the joke that there's two licenses, drivers and real estate in Arizona. So a lot of realtors, a lot of people that have come in the industry, a lot of people that still are part-time. So a lot of people that just have their license parked somewhere, mm-hmm. and they're paying that little fee each month to whatever company that is that doesn't do any business in the hopes that someday they'll do a deal. And the problem is those people don't, they do a deal, but they don't know what they're doing because it's been so long. They're not actively working on it. It's kind of like hiring that carpenter to build that room addition. They did one about 20 years ago. They know how. They can remember. Right. They got the, they got the basic skills, right? But do they know what the new stuff is and the codes and the laws and the things that are required? And the artistry. Because yeah. there is an art to, obviously, real estate. There's an art to building cabinets. There's an art to everything that we do. And that that um, that skill set is developed over time. Right. And I think that's important to have that as a piece of it. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, it's in everything. I mean, it's in what you do. Yeah. You know, if you weren't able to communicate with people on a great level, which is, I'm going to say, is probably a fantastic thing because in this world that we I see changing, including my own children, communication skills are, are slowly disappearing. And it's a very frustrating thing. And I see it in my own industry with younger people coming in where they won't even respond by by phone, they only they only respond by text, right. and they won't even not, not even by email. It all has to go text. It is text a lot now, and I have to remind them that the contracts that they bear do not allow just for that. And they think they can get away with it, but and, and that's the argument for the you know for the the authorities and how they how they govern this industry. But it's a. Uh, You've got to at some point talk to your people, talk to your client. You know, right. I don't understand. I mean, I'm old school, so my marketing is, hey, Karen, how you doing? I haven't talked to you all. Let's go grab some lunch. I mean, that's literally how, how, I, how, I, how I do business. Mm-hmm. And my wife used to say for years, and she'd someone would ask, what, what, what does your husband do? And she'd say, Joe meets with people. <laughs> and that's like, well, yeah, so what's my, uh-huh. what's my day? Well, I'm going here, I'm going here, and that's it. So. Just staying connected, caring yeah. about people. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of fun for me, so yeah. I like it. Yeah. Where do you see the market then going? I, I know it's always hard to predict in real estate, um, but you did mention that there 
Might be a little bit of a pause here. Hold on, let me. I think I brought that crystal, <laughs> crystal ball, ball, right? It's right here with <laughs> right, us, right? I get question. that. I get. Not I send the pictures question. of crystal balls to my clients <laughs> on a, in a text constantly because it's the. the what, what's going on, Joe? What, so, okay, I believe this is just me. Yes. Well, I believe that we're going to see a reduction in interest rates in May. Mm-hmm. I think once the jobs reports come out and a few other things that hit, um, I'm hoping the Fed is not going to raise this month. And if they do a quarter point, but I think once we hit the number, once they call it the recession, which I think a lot of us believe we've already hit there, but whatever, mm-hmm. then the rates start going down. And that'll that tr- that's a trigger effect. And it's just history playing out. I'm not crystal balling. It's just literally look at what's happened in the mm-hmm. history, of, you know, in this country and what's happened before. So these things are brought on by a lot of things. You can point in directions. People can point at everything in the world. Why, what's caused it, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Here we are. So Again, move in forward. a different I mean, form. Right. And you spoke to the um, the crazy lending situation back in 07, 08. Mm-hmm. Have we learned our lesson? And I asked that question because I've been reading about the banks lately and some of the crazy things that are going on with the banking industry. So, well, I mean, you know, the, okay, Silicon Valley Bank just closed, right? That was just something that was recent in the news last month. Um, and that's, uh, that's a regional bank. And there's differences between some of the big boys and the regional banks. But regional banks hold a lot of mortgages across this country. So there's a concern to watch that. But I don't think um, that was a very particular thing. They had money tied to an index that, if you look at it deeply, it's probably not something I'm going to see reproduce a lot. But mm-hmm. Um, not to get too particular about that, but I think the reality is is we are going to see some changes. Uh, I'm not concerned about it. We had a crash uh, in 08 because people were buying houses without any money, without any jobs, without anything either other than a pulse. And when they came down to there was no equity in these properties and the market was going up. So once the market stopped going up, there was not room for anybody to sell without taking a loss. So it pushed us into a short sale market and a foreclosure market. There was no, it was false equity. And you're the smartest guy in the world if you followed it all the way up and you sold the last possible moment. But then if you didn't, you're caught. And so many people did. And, and none of the people have done anything wrong. It's just literally it changed so quickly. There wasn't time for a lot of people to get out. And if they got out early, they may have taken a small beating, but a lot of people took, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was, uh, Reset moment, and it was not something that you can really blame people for. Because I remember when we were in the mortgage business, our reps would come in and they'd be like, "Oh, we can get you this great rate at five percent, you know, stated income, stated nothing. You get there's nothing to do, just basically, you know, driver's license, show up, yeah, and that's yeah. it. Or we can do a full doc loan with all your paperwork, all your loans, all your stuff, and we're going to give you an eighth of a point less." Well, people would be like, for an eighth of a point, I'll just take the eighth of a point. I'll take the other deal. Right. So they really were pushing this product, yeah, and yeah. it just became what people wanted. So, hmm. so in fact, so much I still every once in a while someone will call me going, "Well, can't you know? Can I just go with stated income loan?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, but there's a differences. Now we can do stated, but then you also have to have in assets, or you have to have high credit, or you have to have a combination of a job and a large amount of money down." Mm-hmm. And none of those options were available for it. Yep. Those were just show up and sign and take a house. Yeah. So, wow. You know, it was. Uh, so, I so, uh, mentioned that I sold my house a handful of years ago, and I still get text messages and phone calls on a regular basis well, yeah. for that address. It drives me nuts. 
Well, everybody does. The robot. I mean, they call me. They call. Yeah. I get a call. I get a text every couple hours about, you know. Same. Yeah. And it's, it is frustrating. And until Congress passes the do not call list for cell phones, and, and now they're adapting it for text messaging, which is the good news is it's bipartisan. It's going to pass eventually. Just yeah. getting it done. That'll clear up that. But um, the investors are out there. And one of the reasons I got involved with elderly is because oh, I— uh, I got so tired of hearing about older people that were taking advantage of this marketplace mm-hmm. with their life savings by some of these unreputable investors. Now, look, there's a lot of good investors out, guys, yeah. that do a good job, communicate, and they're just making money. In it. And I represent some of them, and a lot of people do. No problem. They want to deal, of course, but they're not trying to hurt somebody. Okay? These people go into training on how to befriend the elderly person. Now, their number one target typically is grandma who's left alone in the house, has no one around to help her. And they go and they befriend her, tell her how happy they are to help her and that, you know, whatever they can do to make things better. But then they'll sit there and go, well, you know, what'd you buy the house for? And maybe grandma bought it for $18,000 back in 1965. And they're like, well, okay, well, we can give you, how about 200000 That sounds like a lot of money, grandma. She doesn't know that the house is worth five fifty. Right. And these people sign these contracts that are ironclad, and then they take that, and they don't even buy the house. They take it, and they resell it off. Luckily, we started a new law this year that if you're an investor and you're going to resell the property, it has to be disclosed in the contract. Otherwise, the deal can be canceled by the seller, and the seller gets to keep their earnest money. With, uh, within what time frame do they have to? Immediately. So during the purchase contract, it has to state in there that they're an investor. They plan on to resell the property, and they're buying it for— uh-huh. And if they're selling it, they have to disclose in their— they're only held equitable ownership, and they, someone else owns it, and they're trying to sell it for a profit. So these things weren't That's forced good. before. So yeah. that just started this year. That law was coming down the books, so it finally just started. And it's, it's, I know a couple of friends that's already helped out. Good. A buddy of mine is a broker from the company. said I had a transaction where it happened and literally got the money back for, for the seller. And they thought they were, you know, this this particular investor had a realtor and thought they were— Smarter than everybody else, and it just didn't work out for them. So, oh, well, thank but that was one. So, we're trying to find more things to help elderly people because they get taken advantage of so much. They don't know who to trust, and it's Mm -hmm. something that Mm -hmm. I I tell people: look, look, whether you're going to hire me or not, if you don't know, just call me. I'll give you the complete breakdown of comps, what it's worth. And people ask the question: like, you went ahead and did something that was great. You listened to someone, but you had the means to fix that house, make changes. A lot of older people don't. No. A lot of a lot of divorced people don't. Right. This is what they got, and they'll say, "Hey, Joe, I don't have any money. I can't do that. What can we do?" And I go, "Well, here are our options. We'll talk about selling it to an investor. That there's no repairs, no nothing. We'll talk about taking a loan to fix up the property. We'll talk about just selling it as is. We'll do all the different marketing, show them different values and what works for them, yep. and let them make an informed decision. And that's and that's all I can do is, yeah. is prevent present the interest. Divorce happens a lot now because. Well, when the economy is tough, people lose their jobs. And if we see the jobs report getting worse, unfortunately, the number one cause of divorce typically is loss of a job, loss of income, loss of a business. And and those things uh, would cause us to split up a lot of times. And then we're forced to, okay, we're all tied to this asset. How do we how do we split it up? And the problem with divorce is, is like I think we, I mentioned this years ago when we talked about it, is that with divorce, it's such a tricky thing because people go, well, I, like the trailing spouse, we call it, the person that wants to stay in the house. We'll say the mom wants to stay in the house. She's got the kids. This is where we grew up. We want, okay. Dad goes, okay, you can have the house. But 
he just goes ahead and has the attorney agree to that, and they hand over the house to, to her, but he's still tied to the loan. If we didn't qualify her and put her on the loan, if she doesn't qualify for the loan, he's stuck to that house forever. Whether she makes the payment or not, it could change his credit, and it also stops him from buying another house. I've had attorneys I've this for. I'm like, what did you do? And I have to go back and explain. They don't understand that they can't, they're tied to that loan still. So there's a lot of little things involved in that that the, that the attorneys may not be aware of or the judges because they're just going with the agreement is. And the judge doesn't look into it. He just says, oh, this is what you agree to, and this is now the law. And then other pre- people I've seen where the husband has gone out and given them the house, but they've used the, the house as, a, as, a, you know, as an ATM, and they've been borrowing against it, and the wife doesn't even know there's a second mortgage in the property mm-hmm. that she's now responsible for. So that's part of what we do with channel titles. So we do a lot of research for divorced couples, and it's very transparent. So basically, regardless of who I work for either side, because typically you get one or the other that says, okay. But it basically comes a transparency that literally everything gets sent to everybody as far as a property condition to create value. Because even though you may have a house that says it's worth X amount of dollars and you can go get an appraisal. And you know, I, I say this to attorneys all the time. What is the, what is the, what did you base the value on? They go, well, they, we had the house appraised. It came in appraised at 300,000. I said, great, but you know, read the appraisal. It says right here, two things that are not part of this is the condition of the property mm-hmm. and the chain of title. Are there any other liens on it? They're like, well, I don't know. We're right. So what is the real value of the cash out either direction? It's not the appraisal. It's not the appraisal, right? And if there's repairs done, we found houses that have had $25,000, dollars $30,000 of repairs needed to be done. Now, if you were going to sell it, you have to spend that money to it. So that changes that the movement of money back and forth. So there's a lot of factors to it. And part of it is, is you just need to spend the time to get it done right. And then you can sell it and or, or keep it, whatever's the right choice for you. But that's kind of one of those things that gets a little detailed with, with, with divorce. Elderly. We go to the same problem when there are no remaining parents, and now I'm dealing with maybe four or five brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and that can be hard. Sure. Siblings definitely have opinions. Some of them are very easy to get along with. Some of them have their own opinion of value and what should happen, and predominantly someone thinks that have the best idea over the others, and it holds up things. So, yeah. unfortunately, at that point, sometimes the judge orders us to go ahead and make a decision to move it forward. But all these things can be, you know, taken care of in advance if you just spend a little time with someone that, that can answer some questions for you. So mm-hmm. That's the no fun part of the business. Yeah. Yes. And yet, while it's not fun uh, and there's a lot of consideration and knowledge that you have to share, thank goodness people have you <laughs> so that they, especially the people in your circle and the folks that you've helped because you, it, it's this big sphere. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, it just keeps growing, yeah. right? So over the years, some of the sphere grows to different things, but maybe because I'm older. These things that I'm telling people, they, you know, they took time to accomplish and understand and, and be sufficient, you know, sufficiently do well for my clients. So mm-hmm. when, I, like I said, there's a lot. Of, you can go get your real estate license in 10 days. Learning this knowledge and be able to take care of your client. These these takes a long time to yeah. get there. And I try to explain that. I'm like, I'm not trying to get a look, pick me. I'm just saying literally do your research on people and that have the the tools in their toolbox to help you with what you have. You know, so that's kind of it. I'm not trying to, you know, just there's a lot to know. Yeah. There's the 10-day course is the 10-day course, yeah. but there's a lot to this industry. And this is just residential real estate. This isn't, yeah. even, this isn't land or multi-housing or commercial, which is, you know, whole a whole, whole other 
yeah. and property management, which is something that makes me, you know, nauseous, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and uh, areas in the Valley that are fastest growing? Ooh, let's get that crystal ball going again. But, uh, <laughs> well, no, just currently. Fastest growing, okay. Well, well, maybe not even fastest growing, but what can you tell us about areas yeah. of the greater Phoenix? What's happening in greater Phoenix that— we got to be aware of. I mean, like now that I, I'll head out to Queen Creek this afternoon to right. watch my 15-year-old play baseball, I anticipate seeing new builds. Well, new builds are still going to be in the outskirts, whether you're Goodyear, Buckeye, uh, Queen Creek. Uh, these are still, these are the areas that are left to develop. I mean, we've spread out. 20 years ago, Gilbert was a hot ticket. I mean, 25 years ago, We're well 30 beyond years Gilbert ago. now. Yeah, Gilbert <laughs> is, you know, in our rear view mirror. So yeah. I remember driving out there going through, you know, seeing the cows back then and now you're driving and you know it's 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 a big town i mean yeah. we i make the joke i went to johnson ranch to look at a property to list for somebody and i had my i was in my office in mccormick ranch and it, i went there and back and i realized it was faster to drive to prescott to see my house <laughs> oh, than it was no. to go there and back for the same amount of time that's how because it took so long Crazy. to get there so it's a really big town we're fifth largest and we're very spread out yes so you know, I don't know the areas that are going to be better than others. Certain areas hold their, hold their established value. And then as we get closer to the center, more industry is and more jobs that typically will always hold a higher value. You're going to pay pay more money for the little house in Old Town, mm-hmm. Scottsdale, or maybe in the central Phoenix corridor, North Phoenix, or central. Even or, downtown Tempe these days. Downtown That's Tempe. Where my first house was. Right. It's gone yeah. up so much. Oh my gosh. Tempe's gone, is done. Tempe's done a really great job of, of uh, revitalizing, redeveloping what they have because they've been kind of landlocked. I mean, they're, you know, they're tied in here, but they've done a great job. And now with the new development here on coming up with uh, the Coyote Stadium, if they can get that to go through and Stop fighting with the city of Phoenix. Right. Really, I don't understand that, but uh, uh, that would be a great, a great, you know, a great thing for the area, yeah. and I think that would be very helpful. So, yeah. And you still love doing this work. Yeah, I still. I'm, and I don't know what else I do. This is. That's what you've known. Well, yeah. When you were younger, did you? You didn't grow up here. I did. I grew you up did. here. Yeah, I, I was uh, originally moved out here with my parents from Chicago when I was five years old. Oh, I, I grew up that. in South Scottsdale. I still live there. Yeah. My wife makes the joke like, oh, can't leave, can you? Right. Like, you? Like, I live two miles from where you grew up. Like, I know. Yeah. Where is she from? She's from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Okay. She's up there right now with her mom. And, nice. You know, hopefully they're having a great day. But, yeah, this, it was snowing up there last week. Not snowing here. We're going to hit 98 or 99 uh, know. for the it's, second day it's, in a row. It's, it's warm. <laughs> we right? were very, very fortunate. Yeah. I mean, at no. least. But then we skipped spring. It was, a, it was a, it's, yeah, it was for us, it was like, this was the greatest spring. It I'm was. Like, this it was nice. great. I, I can't complain. Uh, so. Where'd you go to high school then? Went to high school, Coronado High School. Coronado. Okay. okay. I was thinking Arcadia. My kids go to Arcadia now. Okay. Yeah, they're in, they're in Arcadia. Yeah. So we're in that that general area. But yes, yeah. very good. We mentioned off air that we have kids the same age. You yeah. Two yeah. boys, 15, and I've got one, and they're all freshmen. Yes. They're... Uh, crazy time. In fact, we just went up and picked our, our picked up our first job application the other day. Really? At Where Ma- YC Mongolian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they pay well. They hire kids who are uh, younger than 16. So he's eager and anxious in between baseball games and he can work weekends. So we're, that's, that's we're working on that. And I was thrilled because he's like, yes, drive me there. Get me a, you know, I'll pick up an application and and soon he'll be driving. Well, he's driving right now. Do your kids have their permit yet? Uh, no. The, one of them just took the test for the permit. So we're going to get that started this week. So, yeah. Good. 
luck to you. Thank you. I know. Good luck to you, fine sir. I, Ivan yeah. is hilarious. He's a he really is a great driver, and he commentates everything. I think it's the age of gaming or something, because I hear him do it when he's playing games in his room. And but now he's uh, I mean he announces every move that's happening. Here comes a white car. I'm going to put on, turn on my blake. I'm like wow, this is going to be fascinating. You'll have to let me know how it does. Yeah, how the boys do. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's um, a good time. So I asked. Why, uh, if you grew up here, and I'm curious, when you were younger, say your boy's age, did you know what you wanted to do for a living at that point? You know, no, I had no idea. I really kind of just fell into it. I, I was in the construction trade right yeah. out of college, and I was a superintendent and developing. And while I'm going to college, I was working construction sites in the summertime, and it was so hot out. <laughs> And I was dying out there. And I looked over at the, there's a construction trailer outside. I make this joke all the time. I want to be them. And I see the guy in the door. And he's standing there in shorts and a shirt. And he's on, the, on his phone. And I'm, you know, carrying some large piece of wood somewhere, dying of heat. And the air conditioner is blowing so hard, it's blowing his hair. So I will make the joke. I'm like, I said to myself, I want to be that guy. So I went to school and I got my degree to become a, you know, a superintendent. And uh, I got hired right out of college when I was still in college. So I, after associate's degree, it was a boom and yeah. got hired to go build, you know, commercial buildings and houses and stuff. And then uh, did that for a while. And then the, there was a housing crisis hit and then uh, got into the bar business for a while and started dealing with people and talking and communicating. And you get over your shyness really fast when you're standing by in a bar and there's 300 people screaming, you know, mm-hmm. want to drink. So <laughs> it, it's... Uh, but, uh, you know, so when I got back into this housing industry, um, I realized I liked communicating and being with people more. So I got into the sales part of it. So yeah. I started in new home sales. You did? Yeah, I did five years in, in town here selling new homes. So I got a real good idea what is to sit there at an open house every day, <laughs> which is why I hate open houses. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> to make the joke to my clients, I go, open houses are for people to— pick up buyers and they don't sell houses right. generally they're mostly for to meet new buyers so but uh you know it's but it, i learned a lot you know it took a lot of years in different aspects of the business before yeah. i started a company and grew that and then you know i started the mortgage company with alicia and we did that yep. and other things and then back after the, the market changed it was nice to get out of it all and go back to just taking care of people and sales and it was kind of something that made me you know realize i wish i'd never stopped because at some point, at one point, went to grow the businesses, I stopped taking care of my clients and referred them out. And, you know, so I had to start over again with clients. And people go, well, what about your clients for me? I'm like, well, some of them still talk to me. But, you know, when you refer them out, they stop using you. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. But it's uh, it's been great. I've been very, very, very fortunate, very blessed, and happy to do it, happy to help people. Uh, property management. I know you cringe a little bit when we <sighs> talk about but do you have, do you— do you refer people out when they've got uh, that aspect of the business they want to take care of, or do you handle some of that with people? I don't do it. I, mm-hmm. I refer it out. Good. Yeah, I 100% don't mm-hmm. have any, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> just, just, and, and there's people who, that's their jam. That's they Yeah, love to do I've that got some good people I know, yeah. and they're fantastic at it, and I wish them the very best. And, yeah. You know, every time I've ever been asked about doing it or I thought about involving, bringing yeah. that into my wheelhouse or might want into one of my companies or something like that. I looked at it really hard and went, no, this is just not for me. Yeah, well, you at know? least you're clear. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, at this point in your life, you may not know what you you will do, but you know you won't do. I think that's a good, healthy way to show up right? at this age. Like, I know at this point, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, 
I might do that, but I know I'm not doing any of that yes. stuff. So let's not, you know, let's not pretend. Yeah, so. but here's a good name and phone number. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Text yeah. them. I used to do that with a lot of, uh, I had a lot of agents that would go to these training courses and then come back with this big course and all these things they do to be successful. Because I mentored hundreds of agents yes. for years. And, and the what they would ask me is like, well, what, what works? What's, what's, the, what's the secret? And I go, well, the secret is they all work. Every system out there works. The secret is you have to do the system. <laughs> People don't do what it's, you know. Yes. Can you knock on a door and go get a client? Yes. Are you going to do it? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out what you will do and yep. do it. And the other stuff just, it's noise. Mm -hmm. And being good with people, to your point. I a think, of times well, that's, the, you know, yeah. that's, you know, I think that helps. Right. Yeah, try and, try and get along with them, try and help them out. So. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What is on the horizon for you for the rest of 2023? You guys have any big trips coming up? We go to our cabin every year. For the uh, we summer? Have, we, yeah. Um, we'll go up there mid-June. I'll be back towards the end of July because nice. the kids got school. Yeah. One of them's in marching band, so we have to be back a little early. But um, we have a cabin in North Wisconsin right up by the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, where my wife's from. So it was her grandparents' so cabin, nice. and we have this up there on a the lake. And it's yeah. Fabulous and a piece of heaven, and I go up there every year for at least a month. Good, and it's nice to get away with the kids and get out of the heat, yeah. close it down for a bit. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, so good. So that's the plan. There's, mm -hmm. there's, there's the summer. My regret is that I have to come back for school right now. And, and like, I don't know about uh, when the uh, boys' school year starts. Ivan starts in July, mid July this ooh, coming year. No, you, we're, you're that's worse than I am. We start like the first week of August, and I thought that that's was what it's it's been for years. And then they just switched the Tempe Union High School District switch to match up with Kyrene and Tempe mm. L. And so now it's two weeks in the fall for their break, two weeks at Christmas, two weeks in spring instead of the you know one, two, and one. And then they start super early, mid July. I would prefer the way I went to school, which was <laughs> yeah. Labor Day. Yes. When they, you know, right. it was not, got out at Memorial Day, you went back at Labor Day, and you went to school. Yep. Hasn't been that way for years. For a whole, you know, <laughs> right. every week was full. It yep. wasn't like, I'm like, my kids go like, oh, I think this is the first week, full week of school we've had in like two months. Yes. I'm like, I know. I, I am ready for him to drive. I'm ready for <laughs> him to get himself home after the early release days, because right. as a single parent, yeah. it really is hard there's for me to get a, where I need to go. I, I'm Uber dad. Yes. Yes, I'm constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Good. Mm. What passion do you have outside of real estate? I know, of course, family is critical for you, but do you have any hobbies? Do you, what do you, you know, do you I, golf? I, horribly, yes. I'm a terrible golfer. I enjoy it, but I don't get it very often, get a chance to go. So I don't do a lot of golf. I'm a sports guy watching on the TV and going to a game or something like that. But I work out every morning just for my health, my mental health more than anything else. And that helps me get keep going. Uh, you know, my routine starts about 5.30 and it goes until I'm exhausted about 9.30 at night. So yeah. it's, um, it's a busy. It's a busy. I like to ride my motorcycle. So I have a Harley and that's kind of fun. Go with some friends. Does your wife like to do that with you? She used to. And not so much now in the city. We, when we were had a place in Prescott for years. Up there, she would ride me. It was great. But it's just, it's pretty, I'm one of those guys where, like, I don't even like, I'll go out on the weekends. It's not very busy. You know, yeah. try and pick a time, like, on a Sunday or something. But there's some really bad drivers now. So. And it's, again, so congested. 
And and every other street has construction right now. Every you can't get anywhere. I'm like it's gridlock. I'm like yeah. I'm like why do they have to have every road right. going this direction? Yeah. And I'm like okay, it's just going to take longer. Right. So I'm driving through neighborhoods. You know. Yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure to reconnect with you. Yeah, it's been fun. How can our listeners and viewers who have not had a chance to get in your sphere, in your bubble, how, bubble. Yeah, how can they stay in touch with you and, and start connecting with you? You know, you can go to the website, phoenicianproperties.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my company. We log in there and then reach out and say, contact me, and I'll send you a bunch of information. If you have a home, I'll send you information on it, tell you what it's worth every month. Mm-hmm. We do something called HomeBot, which basically tells you about your home that's sent to you. And it tells you what its current value is, what you paid for it, what your interest rate is, what you'd oh, make when great. you sell it. And it's a tool just designed for people with homes so they yeah. can get an idea. So uh, there's a fee for that or that? No, it's free. Oh, that's just fantastic. just let me know and I'll sign you up. Yeah. yeah. Just give me just give me your that's address and email and yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And are you active on LinkedIn? I am. Okay. I am. I'm although uh, Daryl reminded me that I forgot to do a few things, and I'm supposed to tag some stuff. But <laughs> Thanks, I mean, Darryl. I'm active in like it, like late at night, going, "Okay, what did I? Who did I see today? Right. Okay, I got to connect with Karen. Oh, hi, Karen! And then you Good. invited me for the show, so thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm cracking up because I literally told Daryl, "I'm like, yeah, he's been on with us before, and I know, I knew that we had met in person. Didn't I forgot it was sitting in my living room. It's your living room, yeah, yeah, because Alicia was across the street at the time, yeah. and I had to look it up, and, and I see that it was Alicia and a couple other." Uh, real estate friends. Uh, but she no. knows other realtors. What's up with that? Yeah, right. I, I, I'd have to look to see it again. It's been five years. But I probably anyway, know them. Sorry. We're grateful for the introduction. Yeah, uh, very much through so. Alicia, and so happy that you uh, wanted to come back and not come back, but come on. No, it's <laughs> been fun. Time. This is this yeah. is nice. And so. thank you for just so much information and knowledge for our folks who are listening today, who you know either are already a little bit savvy about real estate or think they are, (laughs) and you've helped clear up some of the confusion and help people see educationally what needs to be done and the things that need to be in place before making a big, big decision. There's a lot to know. So, yeah. So much to know. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you again for being here. And again, you can stay connected with Joe's I was going to say Joseph, which either way works for you. PhoenicianProperties.com and also on LinkedIn, Joseph. Scarpignato. Scarpignato. I can I can say that. Thank you again for being with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean residential real estate. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Karen Nowicki. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.